0: back to the Beer and Sears podcast. This is episode 2 of the 2018 season, and damn, it does not feel good to be back. Hello! We are officially back from the D.C. weekend. I think we celebrated John's birthday about three nights in a row. Is that correct, John?
1: Yeah, I still don't feel very good, but yes, we did. It was a good time.
0: Shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Atkins for the delicious steak dinner on Sunday night, and for our tour guide, Raleigh, for showing us around and not knowing which direction to walk into. But other than that, it was an awesome weekend. Um, there's a little bit of a football game that had a slight weather delay, but we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. But first, we got to start out with you guys, the listeners. Thank you. It was so much fun, uh, just being all over those bars, like every single night. Someone new was coming up to us, like, "Hey, y'all doing beers and cheers?" Like, "Hey, I listen." Like, blah blah blah. It was it was fun to see. I mean, that's kind of why we do it. We don't really do it like we obviously do it for each other. It's kind of a therapy session for both of us. But on the other side, we. Really do appreciate y'all coming up to us and saying thank you and all that stuff, and at least y'all can get a few laughs out of it. We uh, That's kind of the second reason why we do it, besides therapy, just for ourselves.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, it definitely makes it more worth it. It likes it a little more fun, especially on a fun weekend like that. We're getting everyone together, and I think we uh, had at least 50 or 60 people come up to us um, and say something. I tried to remember a bunch of names, but unfortunately, it's been a few days since we were there, but I guess short list of shout-outs is uh, Rich Jack. Thanks for your uh, commentary, uh, Andrew Rubenstein, Jay Greenstein, Jordan McGinty. Uh, Jordan
0: McGinty, big shout out.
1: Yeah, Jordan. That way to that way promote us. To be our advertiser for on the uh, on the girl front. We need more more of that. So, um, more importantly, shout out to Thomas. If anyone follows us on Facebook, you'll see a picture of the Beers and Steers crew. Uh, We got on the field before the game, which was an awesome experience. So shout-out, Thomas. Thank you very much. Or Thomas Rochelle, if I did not make that clear. Um, Thank you very much for getting us on the field.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. Um, That was probably the first NFL field I've ever been on, which is pretty sweet to say. Um, John also got to dap up Colt McCoy, which was pretty cool because Colt was trying to get, was almost getting kicked out because the security guy didn't know that, like, he was the backup quarterback for the Redskins, which was kind of hilarious. Um, yeah,
1: there was, there was, like, a couple minutes where I thought they were actually going to let us stay on the field. And I was like, wow, this yeah, is kind of like, cool.
0: I did too. I almost said something to y'all. I was like, wait, okay, guys, like, play this cool and, like, we can figure this out. And the guy started looking at our bands, like, uh, like, ah, y'all got to get off. Like, okay. Well, we tried. We at least got on for the beginning.
1: And then uh, other shout-outs, uh, I guess to the Snapchat fellowship, uh, Scott Bird, as usual. Thank you for yours. And shout out to Beast Texas and all your commentary on that. Um, we'll get to that here in a little bit with Keonta Ingram. But yeah, we didn't get didn't get much on the Snapchat front. So uh, it's we'll early. It,
0: that. It's the first week. We will have koozies at OU weekend. I may or may not have sending an email to, out today. About potentially getting some T-shirts for OU weekend as well. Oh, so, wow, you're
1: really, really busy at the office today, aren't you? I was very busy at
0: the office today, but still, um, we're putting this all together. Um, the T-shirts might cost a small fee, but they will be worth uh, the basically your entire life, just to so you can remember this unbelievable podcast and how funny it is and how stupid we sound every single week uh, okay. tw- through know 13 weeks out of the year.
1: But it's well worth it. You it know. is know nice therapy session. But all in all, big shout out to everyone in general for saying something to us. It really makes it a lot more worth it and a lot more fun to, to talk about. But do uh, you want to shout out about the uh, voicemails?
0: Yeah. So we've got a new wrinkle this week. We have finally put together – not finally, but we put together a voicemail box. It's just – Something for the fans to kind of engage with us. We'd always heard y'all need segments, y'all need something to you know recurring each week, and we thought this would be a good idea to get a combination of a recurring segment each week combined with fan input and fan interaction kind of with us, not with on Twitter, nothing else, just like straight person to person. So we thought this might be a good way. So please call us and leave us at voicemails. The number is 802 487. 6107 again that is 802 487 6107 please call leave anything you want to talk about college football texas football texas a&m football your girlfriend broke up with you i don't give a shit just please call no Make- forget the
1: a&m park don't i don't want to talk about that
0: okay we don't want to talk about that but anything else any topic please give us a call back we would love to hear that um just kind of lighten this up get a little more fan engagement because I know not everybody's on Twitter, not everybody wants to comment on Facebook like Vernon Shaker at Vernon, thanks for coming up to us Uh, so please call up the voicemail, um, leave us any voicemail you would like to hear on the podcast we will hopefully get to them all I'm hoping we're at a point where we can only take a few in an episode because we have so many so um, please keep us in mind when you're drunk out on Friday and Saturday night and call us up at, I don't care what time you call me up at but just give us a call and leave us something funny, and we'll play it the next week. Um,
1: wait, so we're we gonna play the first one? or are we gonna make people wait on it? No, we're gonna
0: we'll... wait. We're gonna make people wait on that one. Okay,
1: good. make, yeah, make we'll... us. You know, make them guess where it is. I'll probably fast forward at this point. I don't know if they can do that on iTunes. Oh wait, we didn't say anything oh, about iTunes. Yeah, wait,
0: wait, wait, hold on. We are on Spotify. Yeah. We are on Apple. We are on whatever Stitcher is, and we are also on Anchor. So, and also like four other websites. I don't know what I signed up for. I just signed up for them all. So basically, like, you have no excuse not to listen. I don't care if you have an Android phone, Windows phone, whatever you have. Like, you have access to this podcast. So if you're listening to it now, it's kind of counterintuitive. But if your friend is like, oh, I don't have Spotify, I don't have iTunes, they can listen to it. Just search us on whatever podcast app that you have, and I'll bet you that we're on it. Um, I know the iTunes search was having trouble finding us. If that is so, please text me and I'll send you the link. Spotify, I know for a fact, is working like a charm. So
1: Yeah, nice surprise. What was it Sunday morning we woke up?
0: Yeah. No, it was Saturday morning. It was game day.
1: Yeah, it was like a sign that we were going to win, and then that
0: we did, did not happen. Well, grand, well what, what a just grand uh, segue there from an absolute veteran, John Atkins. We'll jump yes, sir. right into the headfirst, the Maryland game. I think the one the one word that I just have to describe it is just damn it like I, I, I literally checked my heart rate going like right before kickoff and I was at 120 just standing there like that's how jacked up I was um I was so pumped up and just from then on it was just kind of a letdown I we, we were both right and then it, we started off slow I don't think that's too big of a surprise though I think everyone. Saw that coming, and that's like the easiest. Oh, we're gonna start off slow, but we'll finish strong. Well, we didn't really finish too strong, so that was kind of counterintuitive. Um, the, the stadium itself I thought was shit. I mean, just FedEx Field in general, not our fans or anything. I they I saw reported attendance was 47,500. Late <laughs> night, call me. Um, it was 47,500. There's no way that that's how many people were there. I think there were maybe 25,000 UT fans, 20,000 UT fans. Uh, after the rain delay, there was probably 30,000 people in there total because so many people left after that hour and a half rain delay. Uh, Maryland in general is a state just pretty shitty. Uh, so
1: so, so I, 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 I heard a lot of bad things going into... Uh, the game about FedEx Field, and I really didn't think it was as bad as everyone made it out to be. Um, I thought it, the the lack of environment definitely did not add or uh, make it any, any better. But, you know, the, the sound was eh, but again, that goes to lack of people there. I do think that, I mean, it was pretty much a home, home game for UT, don't you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know about home game, but like, it was hundred percent majority UT people and yeah the sound... Which, by
1: the way by the way like huge shout out to our fan base again and again and again showing up to away games I mean yeah <laughs> I mean, you would have expected that with that kind of crowd it would be a you know a team that was been having pretty successful years the last couple of years but I, I mean I do agree I mean my word one word I guess for the game is just embarrassment that's it's it is what it is, but I, I don't know. It, there were so many things that I've talked, talked to people about and that kind of dwelled on for the last few days that we'll kind of get into here in a second about the game itself and individual players. It's just it's just frustrating, you know. You, you continue to show up every year with uh, high hopes and, and the fan base shows up again and we, we continue to make the same mistakes, so... Who knows? Who knows what happens moving forward? We'll get to that uh, when we get to the Tulsa aspect of this episode. But yeah, it was it was it was a, it was a damn it kind of day on Saturday.
0: Well, let's jump right into it. I mean, might as well. Uh, we'll go into the absolute negatives from the from the game, even past the loss. Uh, Brandon Jones out for an ankle against this against Tulsa this week, which is not good. After he played so well, we'll get into that. Looks like Devonte Davis and Chris Boyd are going to be back this week, but they both got pretty banged up, banged up, a little banged up, a little banged up. With Devonte uh, hurting his neck, which is never an injury you want to see, just something that nags forever. And Chris Boyd, I believe it was his ankle. Uh, looks like today came out this afternoon, Thursday afternoon, uh, that Shockford's going to be out with a foot sprain, which hurts a lot. And we'll get into the O line here in just a sec. We'll get into it right now, actually. Just O line in general for the Maryland game, I thought was the one total positive all throughout the entire game. I thought they played really well. There were no true bad sacks. I think you know everyone got beat here and there on a couple plays, but there was no one player that stood out to me. Stood out to me that looked really bad. curse um, hitter got the start. My boy, who I was ragged, or I was praising last week, and then Cosme kind of took over. And granted, Cosme, he played really well. He didn't I didn't really... even
1: realize Cosme came in, to be honest. I was reading your notes. I was like, oh, wow. No, he
0: <laughs> came in, and he played super, super well. Um, I was re-watched the game. And Cursator got kind of thrown around by that coward, that DN for them, early on. And I think that was in the late first, early in the second. They put Cosme in, and he did a great job stepping in after that. Fahe had a really good few pulls on some power plays. I don't know why we abandoned that. I think it was running well. I wouldn't be surprised to see more of that. Shaq didn't have any bad snaps. A few iffy ones, but nothing you know terrible. That yeah, most people no
1: big mistakes. Yeah, no big mistakes. That's Not the main far. thing.
0: And uh, and then Erod. I mean, that was probably his best game as Longhorn, stepping up, true captain or uh, fifth year senior captain. He played really well. I was that was probably the most surprising thing, O-line-wise. Um, Calvin Anderson looked like that. Uh, he, that's his spot to have for the rest of the season, left tackle. He was as advertised coming out of Rice. So I think everyone was very impressed with that. And I think if you ask Herman, he'd say the same thing, that he was just overall impressed with the entire O-line.
1: What did you think about, I agree, I think they was much improved from what we saw last year. What did you think about, the amount of plays we ended up having Sam roll out versus him standing in the pocket. I felt like he, for the most part, when he was in the pocket, he had plenty of time. Time He got sacked once in the second half, I believe it was. But when he was standing in the pocket, the offensive line did a good job of, I would say, keeping that pocket. I mean, don't you?
0: Yeah, no, 100%. They had a great pocket all, all game, pretty much. Uh, I think when you get into the rollout plays, that really... It seems counterintuitive, but it's almost easier on the O-line. And more importantly, yeah. it's easier on the quarterback just because it narrows their, their what they're looking at. Um, and the entire defense knows what they're looking at too. But, you know, they're kind of – the receivers are running and scaring down, and it's kind of like a levels type play where one guy's going five yards, one going 10, one going 20. You're just kind of throwing it to the easy guy. And it makes it easier on the quarterback and the O-line. You'd rather have just like a true – you know, 7 step drop or whatever you want to call it. And with pass protection like that, I mean, you're going to do that every single time. Go look at Devin De, Devin DuVernay's touchdown. Uh, they brought six, and we had our five with, I forget which running back was back there blocking, and the communication was perfect. Everyone picked up their man, and everyone blocked him. Yeah, it was hat line. on a hat for sure. It was unbelievable. I was so impressed with that watching that on the replay. I didn't notice it in real time. So going forward, I'm excited for this Position group to do well because uh, it's been the worst by far over the past oh god ten years eight years who knows um, but go, going forward yeah. I'm excited for this
1: yeah I mean take Connor Williams out of the picture and there hasn't been a guy drafted in right what? well
0: uh, I, I think, think it's six years name it. six or seven years uh, going in kind of a similar thing tight ends real quick Brewer played well. A few um, good catches, one for a big first down. He got blown up on blocking wise, but I think the more and more they're going to try to split him out as a true Y than a true tight end. So that, that's more for his strength. He's a better catcher than he is blocker. I'm fine with that. Let Beck uh, be the the lead guy on the blocking.
1: Yeah, I mean Beck's blocking is is tremendously better, and you can you can see it. The do you remember that one play, the two-point conversion that we went for when we were down 24-22, I think it was? Um, they tried to run the play that we ran at USC last year to take the lead to Brewer. Do you know if it was to Brewer again or was it to Beck?
0: Ooh, I want to say Brewer.
1: I, I want to say it was Brewer. No,
0: well. it was 100% it, Brewer because Beck was out before USC.
1: No, 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 no. no. I'm saying uh, it was to Brewer at... USC last year. Oh yeah, yeah. But they ran the same. Way. I don't know who it was. I, I think it still was
0: Brewer again, though.
1: Yeah, but then they they threw that <laughs> they threw it to Beck, I think once or twice in the second half, and he you know caught it and then ran, I almost tried to run over a DB for Maryland, and I was like, all right, there we go, someone's trying to steamroll someone finally. I was, I love Beck's effort. Oh remember. yeah,
0: you see it on every single play, and I don't think teams. Kind of, he has pretty soft hands. He may not be the fastest guy, but he runs decent routes and has soft hands. I, I mean, I don't think Maryland was keying off him to get the ball for good reason. I mean, he's just not that type of guy. But if he can sneaky in the red zone, be that type of um, underrated threat in the end zone, I'll take that all day. Uh, speaking more yes. receiver receiver threats, L.J.H. Lil Jordan, L.J.H. At, great game. He was being doubled the entire time. He was obviously the guy that they're keen on. That was awesome to watch. Those big third downs and those couple deep throws. That one comeback when uh, he was running a seam up the middle, and Sam saw that he was on man coverage. The guy wasn't looking in the backfield and just threw it to his back shoulder. That was an unbelievable catch. Unbelievable athleticism. I mean, that's why you have guys like that. It's just to throw the ball up and be like, all right, go get it. Like that's that's yeah, that's, no, that's your job.
1: Yeah, his athleticism. Is, I mean, I don't want to say he's more athletic. I, I, yeah, he is more athletic than Colin Johnson, no, I, think. I just think. Yeah, Johnson is taller. Right. I think LJH is going to be the name we're going to continue to say throughout this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think actually he'll be said every week. It's going to be one of those guys that just either makes an awesome play or is just going to be really consistent every game. Uh, Colin Johnson had that nice touchdown catch along with Duvernay having a nice touchdown catch. It was nice to see that. Well deserved for Duvernay, but um, my guy that I, you know, we mentioned last week. I'd I'd really like to see him get more involved as Gerard. I, you know, I think he can really facilitate uh, slot position and, and probably be the next guy, our our Quan Cosby that we've been missing. But you know, he only had one catch. I think he had two targets in the game, one catch for 17 yards. So look for him. I think that this week coming up to get a few more targets, and especially if. if Little Jordan Humphrey and, and Colin Johnson are getting shut down, which they should not against Tulsa. But I would say the wide receiver crew is a close close second behind the offensive line when it comes to rating the position groups, don't you?
0: Yeah, no, I 100% agree. They uh, played a solid game all around. There was, you know one bad, not even drop, it was kind of thrown a little behind little Jordan. But other than that, that was, yeah. uh, that was really it. Saw a little bit of Deshaun Jameson, a little bit of Brendan Eagles, a little bit of Josh Moore, but not enough to really kind of make an impact or see anything else out of them. Um,
1: Yeah, Sam did throw a few passes to to multiple of those guys that were just off. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, At least they are getting looks, but they just weren't on target.
0: Yeah, moving over to the uh, running backs, I think there's a little more of a kind of contentious little – People are kind of disagreeing or more mad about this. Uh, but from what I saw, I thought Trey Watson looked good. I, he was making plays and kind of darting around. He's smaller than I thought he'd be, um, but he's still yeah, he quick is. enough that he, he can kind of get around it, and it's fine. He can maneuver around the defense and sneak through there. Uh, I, the Ingram thing, now you know, he's averaging like six yards a carry and then doesn't get one in the second half. I... I, I don't blame Herman for not playing him as much, but I, I kinda of turned to Webb. I was like, Is it crazy to think that like he went that Herman went into this uh, went into this game thinking, Okay, in the first half I'm going Trey Watson and Keontae Ingram in the second half I am going Porter and Daniel Young. Like is that that crazy to think? I know the numbers don't really reflect it, but I, I kind of kinda of halfway believe myself there that he kinda of went in knowing like It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. I don't know who to trust. I'm going to give two here. I'm going to go a one and a two here and a one and a two in this half. So, I don't really know. I could be entirely wrong. But, regardless, County Ingram not getting any touches in the second half is absolutely crazy. And that will not happen again this year.
1: No, I don't think we'll have – yeah, I don't think we'll see that again. I think – I agree with you on Trey Watson. Um, You could could kind of tell he had – college college experience in him. I mean, multiple years of college experience. You can just see in his reads um, in comparison to Daniel Young. I just – I looked it to Webb as well <clears throat> during one point of the game. And Daniel Young seemed to run into the back of our offensive lineman on every single play he got. I don't know why. And I don't know if it was offensive line's fault or if he was just not hitting the holes at the right time. But I think Trey Watson and Keontae will probably – well, eh, he'll probably get the most touches, I think, or carries this, this week coming up.
0: I, I, this week, I don't know. It's kind of all over the place. Going, Looking forward to the season, I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Watson, number one, but Keontae Ingram, real close at number two. Uh, just off of one game, complete overreactions, that's what I'm going into. Uh, I, so, I saw great stuff out of Keontae. I thought he was kind of that playmaker, break a big one type of running back. Um, that we haven't at, seen that bird
1: right there, Beast Texas. Yeah, it Been is
0: the Carthage baby. Uh, so
1: let's let's talk about the quarterback position yeah. that everyone wants to hear about. I mean, I guess let me leave off with of my comments. I leaving the game, walking out, I was pretty disappointed in, in Ellinger. Um, not from the turnover standpoint because there's two interceptions. One was you know tipped arm deal, and the second was a just you know probably a bad decision throwing the ball. Well into triple coverage, but what I was disappointed in was his lack of accuracy on some pretty easy throws, um, which put our offense behind the chains a lot. And I don't know if that's a you know week one issue with timing, or if that's just who he is. Um, I think I think it will get better throughout this year, but I'm, I'm sure you're going to probably hit on the whole fact that he needs to be run. Run more, but I just don't think he's he's durable enough, and I think they, they know that. Um, but uh, what what did you think about his accuracy to start?
0: Yeah, I agree. The accuracy wasn't there to start with. Um, he wasn't he wasn't able to get into rhythm. Uh, I think he was a little shaky first game. For, you know, starting hits his offense. I get that. That's that's tough. He's got to play through it. He's he's a tough enough kid. He can play through that. I the accuracy at the beginning was very disheartening. Um, that really kind of slowed the offense down. Didn't really let it get going, and led to the you know not even waking up until the second middle of the second quarter. Basically, I 100% agree on the quarterback runs. I was sitting there the whole time. I was like, okay, we need he needs to keep one. Like he needs to actually design one because they are just not even worrying about him right now. The whole defense is just staring at the running back. Um, if it's a run play, they know it's 100% going to him. There's no point, no chance that Sam keeps it. And I thought more in the second half. We kind of even if it was just kind of scrambles or those designed um, QB draws where it doesn't really you know it's still not like a true design QB straight up run. I, we need more of that. You got to keep him off balance. I, it's Sam's total strength. The the kind of his factor that uh, that puts him above everyone else is his running ability and how he can kind of dart through defenses and run over. Smaller DBs, unlike most quarterbacks, is what sets him apart from everyone else. So why would we not do that as much? I understand that he's injury prone and he's on a shot clock, but like he needs to have at least five to seven designed runs called for him every single game. You know, add on another four or five scrambles. Yeah, he should be. I mean, the box score should be above ten every single week. No questions asked. Not including sacks, obviously.
1: He had seven carries for 30 yards, so a yeah. few of those might be, you know, he had a few sacks, but eventually he probably rushed for probably, like, what, 45, 50 yards?
0: Yeah, well, one of those was a sack for, I think, like 10 yards, so five for whatever that is, yeah. it's not great, you know. That needs to be more. I don't know why yeah. Herman slash Beck kind of agree with
1: everyone already calling for calling for Shane. I mean, it's like, Jesus, you got to let a kid play multiple games to get some confidence out there, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay, if you want Shane to play, like, those third down and whatever longs that he scrambled for and all that, like, that doesn't happen. I mean, yeah, he can sit back there and maybe dice up a defense more than other teams, but looking forward to conference play. Like, there's not a ton of, like, strong defenses – tackling defenses that and there hasn't been a solid I mean look at like what Baker did last year as a two way offensive quarterback you know quarterback being able to run and throw the ball I mean Sam can do that to an extent not as well as Baker could but he's that same type of threat Um, and he just diced up big 12 defenses so that's the quarterback you gotta go with it fits Herman's offense it fits Beck's offense and it fits this offensive line so you gotta you gotta stick with it I'm I'm not wavering yet and I if you've listened to this podcast you know I love Shane Bichel and I don't want him to see the field ever that's,
1: so that's a big statement for you
0: It is a big statement that hurts because I love Shane especially with that shitty mustache that he had going on Saturday which was hilarious go look at yeah, yeah. a picture of all of him rising and Casey Thompson uh, I'm pretty sure Ellinger was the only one who didn't have a mustache on which was just awesome. I love that. That's so great. Uh, let's move over to the, I think, the even scarier side of the ball um, in terms of looking forward to the season as a defense. I mean, damn, that uh, it like they had never seen a jet sweep in their entire life before. It was, and then Orlando uh, said yesterday that they pra- practiced that for four weeks. Like, what are you doing? You practice that for four no, weeks? I did not. That's what he said. He goes, "We've been practicing the jet sweep for four weeks." Oh my gosh! So like, I mean, if you practice that for four weeks, what I, – I, I don't know. Well, going into the – let's start with the good and get into the bad. D-line, I thought, played very well. Uh, the pass rush wasn't as great, but Hager, once he finally settled down and took his Adderall, started playing a lot better, stopped letting those jet sweeps get by him, had a couple good rushes on the quarterback. Dude, Hill looking back, re-watching the game, Omanyu, like, dominates – so many guys like he is so much stronger than their like entire O line. It was incredible, just throwing yeah, guys. Yeah,
1: he's huge. He's huge. He's just massive. Slow.
0: Like why? Why? I don't know. I know everyone's been high on him coming onto this offseason, season, saying kind of sleeper NFL talent, and I was skeptical. But rewatching, I was like, okay, he definitely has a strength. If he can kind of get the head and a little more speed, like okay, I can see it. I thought. Yeah. I- I mean, I thought Chris Nelson was the MVP, though. He played unbelievable, um, especially on getting that, setting up that safety. Uh, just what was it two tackles for losses in a row, and then yeah. letting them mess up. That was huge. That was unbelievable. That was kind of the momentum that got us back into it.
1: Yeah, Maryland knew they weren't going to be able to run the ball down our throats. They were having to go outside and try to space us out. So he was kind of nullified or almost made, I mean, useless for most of the game. Nelson, that is, uh, but I guess two other guys we both kind of wrote down was, or were Taquan and uh, Graham and Wilbon. I saw them both come in. I was very impressed with Taquan Graham, um, but you know I I think the D line will get better. I uh, just uh, it will be interesting to see how Omenehu and and Hager are able to. Uh, they're both so athletic, but I just don't think they have like the football smarts. You know yeah, what
0: I mean? I I hundred percent agree. Especially Hager, he just plays out of his head and I mean if you're a freak athlete it works but he's just so close to being that but he's still not he still has to play smart enough smarter than the guy across from him basically or else he's not going to be as successful um in terms of moving on to playing smart Gary Johnson I mean it's it's tough to say that it wasn't a smart play, or you know it wasn't um oh gosh it was a dumb play I mean the quarterback was already diving on the replay like Gary plays relentless, he plays scary, he plays to his own, you know, tune. I get that. You can't tell your, like, senior stud linebacker to not be um, playing like that with, like, your head chopped off. It sucked, though, but, God, dude, those seven minutes when we didn't have either starting linebacker, oh, my God. Watching Roach, like, trying to play coverage defense is just mind-numbing. I mean, he's just so huge. Yeah, but
1: we somehow, we somehow stopped them during that time.
0: I know, but uh, why they didn't go over the top, over the middle, like just running slants waiting over our linebackers during that was crazy to me. Because
1: they didn't have a coach. They didn't have a coach that recognized that. That's well,
0: why. Might be why. But, uh, I mean, I thought Sharks did step up well, though. He, Jeffrey McCall did play well, um, considering... He probably didn't think he was gonna play that much, and sure enough, an ejection later and you know two ejections later technically with Wheelers from last year. He really had to step up and I thought he played well and I think he might have led tackles, yeah. Um Who? Shark. Didn't McCulloch lead the yeah, tackles? Did. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he did. And then uh, and Wheeler was a, sec- a close second right behind him, so that was nice. I mean uh, I don't know about the whole targeting thing, honestly. It, it,
0: he was sliding. Like, he had already begun to slide. That's what drives me crazy. It so but We
1: both agree We both agree that it, it was the right call. Like, oh, it's I, the
0: right call, but it still yes. sucks. It's just like, okay. Yeah, like,
1: it's one of those things where it's like, when it's your teammate, or <laughs> teammate. It feels like a teammate. I want to <laughs> talk about him. Close,
0: But We're yeah. on the field, dude. They're, we're teammates.
1: Yeah, we're pretty much way well, off. We looked like boosters, honestly. We didn't look like teammates. We just looked like... I don't even know what the hell he looked like, but uh, uh, it's one of those calls that when it's against your team, you're like, "Oh, it's so stupid." When did you get it? You're like, "Oh, heck yeah, let's go!" But you just hate to see that because you like you like to see Gary be aggressive like that, but he just is—he's all like 110 percent kind of guy. He's so fast, but he's got to be smarter and not make that kind of play. And I, I hope To or or Herman you know use this as a learning, term, I guess.
0: I hope so, but Bless like her. at the same time, like I can see it happening again this week. Like no questions asked. That's just how like he plays.
1: this is going way off topic here. But the whole like equipment calls. What the hell was that?
0: I don't know. At the beginning of the game, you mean?
1: Yeah, they were saying like so. Apparently, you have to have your knees covered now.
0: Yeah, that's like, all. So. They always do that. Like the first, first like second and third game of the season, and then after that, they like the receivers have their pants like they're wearing shorts, basically. You know? Um, yeah yeah right, that was sorry. bad Brendan Eagles was like for... no I know what you're talking about because everyone was probably thinking about like what was Brendan Eagles doing in the game a on the first play of the game and why didn't he not run like that could have been a pick so easily on the first play yeah. of the game and damn yeah we got we kind of ran away from that one but all right getting back on topic let's go let's go back to the defense I thought the DBs actually played pretty damn well um Brandon Jones especially we hinted at, that at the beginning but oh my god he played damn good run support. Didn't lay anything over his head. I hope this isn't a nagging ankle injury because we need him so bad. And I think
1: yeah, he, he he's gonna be the, the solid. I mean, uh, Deshaun Elliott that we had last year. Even though I don't know how Deshaun Elliott was doing that last year, but I, he's gonna be our solid guy that I think we talk about every week. Like just like a little Jordan Humphrey on the other side of the ball.
0: Yeah, I agree. He's just that consistency you need. In a very pivotal position on this defense. Uh, on the other side of him, Caden Stearns, his first true start. I played pretty, thought he played pretty damn well for a true freshman. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's five-star coming out, blah, 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 all that. I mean, it doesn't matter until you're on a college field, and I thought he really stepped up. That was impressive to watch. Um, very Makes you very excited for the next few years. Um, along the same lines, B.J. Foster when he started coming in, they kind of—you could tell—they kind of threw him in for a few plays, and okay, he played well for a few plays. After that, okay, he played well, and then it was like, okay, he can do this. Like, we're fine with this. He is the—the the physical talent to uh, really back his game up, and he—he he laid a couple guys out. That was yeah, he, he did. I didn't think—I knew he's big, but like, he still looks a lot Dude, bigger he's than huge. those guys. Yeah, like uh,
1: he's huge. I think we both talked about this—I think Saturday or Sunday, but. Both B.J. and Caden, I mean, just they looked so physical and so fast, which was nice to see out of our D-backs because we all know we had that white safety for the longest time that we all shit on constantly. But uh, they looked. I don't know I don't know what the right way of saying this is but they, they missed a few reads one being that unbelievable, or like stupid play where they went right over B.J. Foster yeah and then, I mean that was unfortunate and then Caden had one crossing around right across him but other than yeah, that there they were like
0: to each other that was bad yeah yeah
1: exactly there weren't like that many of those that we were experiencing previously like when, we, when it was like John Bonney and oh god and early Deshaun Elliott, and I'm trying to blank, I'm blanking all the other guys. They just had so. no
0: idea what, like, the coverage was, much yes, less, like, it, playing it was, I,
1: I vividly remember, like, Oklahoma State just oh, having yeah. a field day thrown over us, and, and I, I felt like we contained that. Granted, we were playing a really bad passing quarterback, but we only had one or two of those this game, which was nice. So, agreed. I think Caden and – I I mean. I, <laughs> you almost have too many options right now, so, yeah. and we don't even, we didn't even play uh, over Sean. So,
0: that's very true. Um, going, into over the, shown,
1: his name is. going
0: into the DBs, I mean, Chris Boyd, the dropped uh, pick was. Who was so, ate that popcorn? Was pretty bad, um, considering they scored on the next play. But that's Boyd, and the rest of the game, he, I thought he played pretty good lockdown D. So that was a. Uh, frustrating to watch, but that's what you get when you play with Boyd. you got to pay the tax on including that pass interference. I mean, That's just what you get. You get locked on D, but you get two stupid plays a game. That's how it works. Uh, if you're willing to pay it, play them. Sure, why not? Uh, Devontae got hurt. I thought Kobe Boyce stepped up and played really well. He got baited in on that wide receiver pass, but other than that, I thought he played pretty damn good for his first game, really starting at a cornerback, so I was fine with that. But the main guy just the defense just really I thought let down PJ Locke. Uh, he just looks slow. He looks slower than than usual. They were obviously keen off him because he plays a probably the toughest position in that nickel defense, playing the nickel spot. He's just slow and the tackling's there, but he just can't make can't get to it. I, I would not be surprised if we see some Josh Thompson a lot this week and going forward, especially in Big Twelve play. Uh, with pass-happy offenses. You just got to have that speed at the nickel position. Um, it's just part of it. It's part of the defense and part of this league. Uh, PJ not being a senior, I think, surprised guys, and I think this game kind of showed why. He's just not the main guy on the defense anymore, even though he probably has the yeah. most um, snaps over anyone, which is scary. But
1: He'll get better, but... Before we jump into our, I guess, overall thoughts of the game, what's I guess I put these notes in there. that Dicker really didn't get a chance to kick field goal. Dicker the I kicker. Was impressed with his kickoffs. Dicker the is, kicker. Don't, know, don't even know why I'm saying that, Dicker but Dicker. my God, we got an issue with punter again with having a freshman out there. So. Uh, I, I mean. That'll be fun.
0: The shank was obviously terrible, but other than that. Yeah,
1: two shanks.
0: Okay, two shanks. Sorry, but other than the two shanks. Rather than shooting himself in the foot twice, um, I thought it was okay. It wasn't in, anything incredible, but it was. I think we we're just so used to uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the, right. the punter from last year that it was it was really good. But uh, going, <sighs> let, in... me,
1: uh, let me go first, I guess. I'll, I'll give you follow up on your end because you got a lot more to say. <sighs> Disappointing, I guess your your word we're is David. Yeah, a little banged up. Uh, the, the lack of energy is, is is devastating. I mean, I don't know how you you lose to Maryland and then come out the next year and not be absolutely jacked up to just run over them. I think that's a little on Herman. I think uh, you you got to have your players ready. Um, I think we'll, we'll see the offense improve throughout the year just similar to like we did last year. We'll, we'll probably cover this week, and then USC will put up a much better fight but you know everyone already calling for herman and doing all this and that it's just like shut up and let them play let them figure it out i'm so tired of everyone constantly uh, jumping off a bandwagon so quickly so you know it sucks that we lost it is what it is um but let's learn from it and move on
0: before we get started with mine i think we're gonna have to play the first uh Voicemail for the Beers and Sears podcast left to us by a dear friend that kind of uh, sums up our uh, our feelings overall from this. What's up. his Twitter handle? I do not know.
1: At Ryan Ramirez.
0: Yeah, sure. That's at the little leprechaun.
1: Guys, uh, this is loyal uh, listener Ryan Ramirez over
2: here in Austin, Texas. Um, I just wanted to call, had a pretty simple question. What the fuck happened?
0: Alright, looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, Ryan, I big shout have... out
1: for the for, for the voicemail. Thank you all. Right, Thank right, you for uh,
0: <laughs> for that. I couldn't have said it any better. Uh, the The defensive start being slow was way more surprising than I thought. The offense, I think everyone knew going into that game that the offense would start slow. I did not think the defense would start that slow, and not even know what a fucking uh, jet sweep was. Yeah, I mean, the whole team looked dead, but the defense especially. But, I mean, it sucks. You play through all that shit, the terrible um, weather, the humidity that was awful. And then you finally start to put it together, going in a half, then you kind of come out in half, lots of a half, lacks a day's goal, then you kind of put it together again, and then you get a brain delay. And then the fumble that was just bullshit. I, I still think it's bullshit. I still think it wasn't a fumble. And then the final pick that's just like the nail in the coffin. I mean, that's what you get when you, get, when you play with Sam. He makes those type of throws all the time, they're high risk, high reward. I mean, he overthrows that and it's done. L.J. Just can't play, make a play on it. He puts that a foot down. L.J. makes a play, score it. You know, catches it, gets the ball down. We're inside the twenty with like thirty seconds left, and you got four downs. I, I mean, I you, I'll take those odds every single day, no matter what. Um, I think just looking forward though, I don't know why, but I'm weirdly confident. I, I know it's. It's counterintuitive to say, and I was on the lower side of the wins total, but I, I'm still confident that we could rattle off seven, maybe not even eight. Uh, if you go look at go look at the stats outside of Maryland last year of what Orlando did, and we we're in the top ten in most categories, especially Rust defense. So I'm I'm excited. Um, take this loss uh, and use it as motivation. Learn from it, and you just gotta embrace the underdog mentality. We haven't had that in a while. But it's gonna come back. Um, Herman knows this is all on him. The comments are weird. I think that's just kind of his personality. He's kind of a weird dude. He's just kind of a ass. I don't know, that's just kind of how he is. Get used to it. I don't give a fuck what some columnist over this failing Star-Telegram is saying. Um, You gotta embrace it. Do your team. I don't think he's, he doesn't allow the media to get into his head at all. So I'm not worried about that, but I agree with you. The the outlash and everything is just incredible. One game into the season, just sit back and wait. I mean, Just
1: the Texas fan base. It is what it is. But yeah. no, I agree. I think I think it's going to get better. I think um, we're we such a reactive fan base. But I mean, we'll we'll jump into Tulsa here in a second. But we'll put up a much better fight against USC. And I'm not really that intimidated by the Big Twelve schedule. I mean, I really. No, I'm not getting I mean, through our first few games. Maybe. Yeah, you know, we should be tough, but
0: especially like Kansas you know, State struggled with the- South Dakota, like you know games like yeah, that. Yeah, I've got
1: a, I've got a good. I think we got a good chance to make a run at the end of that, end of our schedule. Right, like get, and like Tech you know, got lit up. Tech games.
0: Tech got their defense is supposedly you know this is the year they finally changed it and they get lit up by a first year quarterback. I mean, you, you never know. Basically, is what I'm saying. So yeah. We'll get to that as we keep be all right. On Stay going. strong.
1: We'll be all right. Everyone just, just don't freak freaking out. settle down. Don't freak We're gonna out.
0: We're going to be okay. We're going to be all right. All right. Let's get into it real quick. Uh, Tulsa. The p- opponent this week, the Tulsa Hurricane. No, not the Hurricanes. The Tulsa Hurricane, singular. There's no S at the end. There are, I That's believe. That's like the Cardinal. And right? one other. What are they, John? Ryan Ramirez yeah. is yelling at you right now. Irish. Yep, there you go. And there's a couple more, but I can't remember them. Uh, Basically, they've got they went two and ten last year um, with a backup quarterback, um, and then kind of rotated out quarterbacks after that. They've got he's returning, but he's still nothing incredible. They've got one solid possession receiver, but they do have two pretty solid running backs. Uh, They're probably going to hand the ball off 50 times this game. They've got a very experienced center and I believe right guard, left guard. Is not as experienced, and both tackles are making their second start uh, overall. So there should be no problem with Omni and Hager getting a few sacks apiece. I, I would be very disappointed if they get anything less than that.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think the defense will have at least two picks, and I would love to see a couple sacks here and there as well. But yeah, I think our athleticism will truly show. It should have shown last weekend, but we're beyond that. I think it will, be, it will truly be shown this week. I mean, it's just Tulsa doesn't have the players to keep up with us. So, yeah. I, I mean, uh, we both kind of noted this, but you were going to say something about what your expectations are for the game day environment. Obviously, we're going to have a little bit of a lackadaisical crowd coming off a loss. Um, but CDC, your boy from Fort Hood – or excuse me, Fort Worth uh, – you know, he's putting a lot of energy and, and effort and, and time into changing the environment around the stadium for, you know, for everything from Bevo Boulevard to I mean, end game experience. So it'll be interesting to see what changes within the end game experience and then getting the crowd more involved in the new student section and all, you know, you name it. So it'll be, it'll be fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I agree. This is a huge weekend for CDC. Uh, my thing, my, like, one thing I, It's not that hard to do, but we just need, like, a song. Like, when it comes on, it's like, okay, like, we know it's time to play a game. Everyone in the entire fucking stadium knows, like, we're about to run out and we're about to have an awesome football game. Like, Virginia Tech with Inner Sandman is the coolest thing in the entire world. Because they do it for football, they do it for basketball, and I think they might even do it for baseball. It's so much fun to, like, watch those videos, like, the entire student section when they start playing the you know that whole thing so that's my one suggestion I think it should be Killing in the Name of by Rage Against the Machine but we'll digress I'd trust CDC and what he can do with them uh, with a new kind of game day experience but all right, game day predictions Uh, we open up at minus 22 or we opened up at 20 but it's at 22 John what do you have uh, I don't think we cover. I think we win 28-10. Ooh, ouch. Okay. I say we cover not by much, but 42-17 is my uh, my cover. I think it'll be a pretty high-scoring game for this offense. Their defense, nothing great. Uh, solid size in the secondary, but other than that, they should be able to score some points. Let's, uh, All right, let's get into it like we do. Always to wrap up, big games of the week. Starting off tomorrow night, Friday night, tonight if you're listening to it on Friday, TCU added SMU, the quote-unquote big rivalry between these schools. I, I SMU is a joke. That's gonna be a while before Sonny Dykes does anything there. I Gary loves to run the score up just because it's a early rivalry game, quote-unquote. Again, I think they cover TCU's minus twenty-two and a half. I mean on a road game so I think they cover very yeah
1: TCU always does run out the score on that one I think they cover big Uh,
0: after that we've got starting off at 11 a.m. Saturday Mississippi State coming to K-State I saw this is Mississippi State's first true road game against a Power 5 team obviously not in the SEC since 2008 which is incredible I don't know how you get away from that but this is 11 a.m. overcast game this is like prime wizard just you know casting spells time but I I don't know I'm, I'm just worried they struggle with South Dakota State Nick Fitzgerald's back from his one game suspense and he's pissed off for Mississippi State I'm not going to touch it in terms of gambling but I think Mississippi State wins that close
1: I so I think Mississippi State very underrated this year um, K-State I don't think the wizardry what's well, hard to say wizardry Magic happens in an non-conference thing. It's too early for uh, Purple Wizard to work his stuff. So I think Mississippi State wins and covers up Ooh, in Manhattan.
0: That's, that's pretty big. Uh, UCLA at OU. OU's minus mice. What third. happened to UCLA? Dude, I don't know. They got beat by Cincinnati bad. Uh, Chip Kelly era did not start off well. And their starting quarterback, Wilton Spate, that transfer from Michigan, hurt his back. So I don't think he's going to play. Colin Murray, best show on dirt and turf, started last week, and I think it keeps on going. OU, big, and I wouldn't be surprised if you know it's like a fifty to ten blowout.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think UCLA is it's a little bit of a growing pains right now, so I think OU wins and covers. So, uh, Georgia South Carolina, you got that. You know, didn't even realize this game was going on this weekend. Classic like SEC scheduling a week two game, uh, of course being your two thirty CBS game. Um, you know what? It's a little early, but I think Georgia is is gonna be in the playoff. I think I've had them on prediction. So I think Georgia wins this game, but doesn't cover.
0: Ooh, okay, yeah. Georgia's minus ten. Yeah, you did have them in your final four. Georgia minus ten. I, I believe they will cover even at South Carolina. Dogs are on a roll. Um, it's, that quarterback, South Carolina, is pretty solid, but. I still don't trust Muschamp to win that big of a game yet. Uh, The big Saturday night game, Clemson at Aggie, 6 o'clock. This is a massive game for Jimbo to try and get started at the A&M era. The Clemson D-line against that rushing attack of A&M with Travion Johnson. Clemson D-line gave up five or Clemson defense. Gave up five rushing touchdowns last year. That is absolutely insane to think.
1: Yeah, they're, they're an NFL defensive line right now. Oh,
0: my God. That is crazy. I, I just don't see the A&MO line. They, I think they have, like, three true sophomores starting. So, I had no chance they'd play that well against Clemson. I I think cl- it's tight, but Clemson, score, they're up by a touchdown pretty much the entire game, and then they score a late one to, make, to hit the cover because hmm. uh, Clemson's minus 12 right now. So late touchdown I think, to cover.
1: Well, I, like, I like the pick. I like the pick. But not so fast. I think Clemson struggles early. Aggie uses the environment to take an early lead. Um, uh, this is an unbelievable opportunity for Jimbo in his, his first year, second game. Can make a huge statement in like recruiting if he wins this game. But I think Clemson and, and Dabo kind of make some halftime adjustments and slowly and Would surely make their way and get out of there with like a four or five point win. It's going to be very close.
0: Well, and then the last game, the last good game, it's kind of a pretty crappy week, honestly. But uh, USC at Stanford, another big rivalry kind of early on in the season. Uh, USC's got that true freshman quarterback, JT Daniels, going up to at Stanford. Stanford's minus four and a half. Pack after dark, even though it's really not after dark. Yeah. Uh, Stanford had some struggles week one against New- San Diego State. I don't yeah, really so know. Yes, well, San Diego State. I I think USC is a good bet at plus four and a half. Plus four and a half here. I'm taking Trojans.
1: Really? Okay. I think Stanford wakes up. I think they Bryce Love ends up having his first you know featured game, and uh, USC's youth uh, is shown. And I think they uh, they struggle and Stanford gets their first win.
0: Well, that wraps it up for us. We've got week two in the books. The Tulsa Hurricane coming to town. If you're at the game, please tell us how it is, how the atmosphere has changed, what CDC is doing. I would love to know. Not then a CD voicemail. Either. Yes, more voicemails. We need more voicemails. After you, after the dub on Saturday when you're down on the turf, bro, um, or at Star Bar or wherever, please call up. Um, and leave us a voicemail Again, that number is 802-487-6107 Thanks for tuning in Please bless the Lord We'll see you at OU Weekend Welcome okay. is a cool.
2: friend Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine But lately something's changed it ain't hard to define Jesse's got himself a girl And I wanna make a mine And she's watching him with those eyes and she's loading with that body, I just know it And he's holding her in his arms late, late at night You know I wish that I had Jesse's girl I wish that I had Jesse's girl Where can I find a woman like that? I'll play along with the charade doesn't seem to be a reason to change You know, I feel so dirty when they start talking cute I want to tell her that I love her, but the point is probably moot Cause she's watching him with those eyes And she's loving him with that body, I just know it And he's holding her in his arms late, late at night